York County is so much more than just a stop for gas on I-8. 17 County is filled with unique individuals with unique stories just waiting to be told. Welcome to the 17 County Podcast with your host, Emily Perry. This is 17 County Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, and listen. This helps our podcast grow, and we thank you for your continued support. We would also like to take the time to thank our York County Development Corporation members, Agriproducts, Cornerstone Bank, Nebraska Public Power District, and Central Valley Ag. Without these great members, we wouldn't be able to focus on the growth and development of York County here at the YCDC. So thank you. Let's get to the podcast. Today, we have a really interesting guest joining the podcast. Stephen Postier is a senior vice president and York branch manager for Henderson State Bank. On top of his day job, he's also involved in a multitude of organizations and groups such as York County Community Coalition, Rotary, York Young Professionals, York County Human Trafficking Task Force, and he is active on the YCDC board. Stephen also currently sits on York City Council and is passionate for the growth and health of York. Him and his wife, Monica, own and operate Canine Kennels here in York and are always staying busy. So thank you for joining the podcast today. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So just to get us started, tell me a little bit about you. Where are you from? So yeah, I grew up here in York, graduated from York High School back in 2007 to University of Nebraska-Lincoln, um, where I got my double major in finance and business management and minored in political science. Worked for the state treasurer's office for a few years and then uh, got a job offer to move back home. Wow. Awesome. So it was, was it always the goal to come back to York? It wasn't. No, York was not a intended destination early on. You know, we looked at, you know, cities and traveling and doing a lot of different things. But as I started looking towards the future, uh, my wife and I both grew up away from grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles. Um, We're a long ways away. We saw them once or twice a year. And we knew someday when we had kids that we wanted to be near family to have that opportunity. So then we did start actively looking, was there something in in the area that could uh, take us back and keep us closer to family? My wife's from Lincoln, so um, a job offer here in York seemed to be a really good fit um, with my family being here in the community. And now that we do have four kids, it definitely is a big help to have grandparents near Mm -hmm. and aunts and uh, cousins and that whole gamut to to get together with family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you kind of touched on how you went to school in Lincoln, mm-hmm. worked, I'm assuming, in Lincoln for a little yes. bit. What was that career path like for you? Yeah, well, when I first went to Lincoln, I actually had started at Starbucks here in York. Um, back in high school, I helped open the Starbucks back when they first opened on the interstate. And that was a, um, a fun, really fun job getting to build up on customer service. I was not naturally uh, an outgoing person probably at that time. So that really helped open that up. And so I transferred to Lincoln, uh, initially working in at the Starbucks downtown while I went to school. I did a few other jobs. I uh, worked in the Nebraska legislature as a page. I got the opportunity to do that, um, which between that and having a senator or speaker, Greg Adams, who was a teacher at the time and the mayor of York back when I was in high school, he kind of got me interested in 
politics and just understanding the government. And then when I worked in the legislature, that really cemented my desire to get involved in politics and understanding the importance of the government and how that affects our daily lives. In the summer, I worked out at Walmart on North 27th, um, stocking produce, which was a very <laughs> interesting job to just needed to pay bills in the summer. And had some interesting experiences with that. Uh, learned how, how I didn't want to operate as a manager based on some of that managerial experience. And then I had an internship at the state treasurer's office working in unclaimed property. Um, and then that turned into a full-time job when I graduated. So that's, from what I recall, that was kind of the trajectory. And then there was always some entrepreneur stuff in there. I tried to start a consulting business, did a little bit with that. I did a few other things um, here and there, but those are the main main jobs. Okay. Okay. So a lot, a lot of different stuff that kind of, I think it's really important, at least for the younger listeners to realize that everything leads to another step. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So like all these really cool jobs and jobs that you're like, oh, got to do it. Got to get a paycheck. Yeah. It actually teaches you a lot. Yeah. It's good for you. Very much. So you did all of this amazing stuff, decided to come home, and now you work for Henderson State Bank. So tell me yeah. a little bit about your title, what you do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I started out as a credit analyst. Um, that was my first job there. And then over the years, I advanced through becoming a loan officer and then assistant vice president into a vice president, um, into a senior vice president, and then now branch manager as well. So really, the role has stayed a lot the same as when I first started, just added more responsibility as mm -hmm. I go. Um, I, I do a lot of things around the branch, but um, the bulk of my operation is as a loan officer and analyzing customer statements, um, working with them to figure out what kind of financing tools are the best fit for their individual or their business, um, trying to work through, you know, are there government programs, the SBA that we need to bring into, you know, how can we help make somebody's goal of their business a reality, whether it's a new one, new business or current business, are there better ways to help them manage their operation to um, really fit with what they do? Um, as a bank, we're bound, I'd say, 50-50 commercial and ag, a mm -hmm. very heavy, a very big ag bank. Um, so we work with a lot of farmers and cattlemen and then also businesses in the community, some commercial, a lot of commercial businesses. So each one is a very different focus and mm -hmm. time of what it takes to be a successful business relationship. But I really try to pride myself since I do have a passion for not entrepreneurism as well of going above and beyond as a banker. It's not just about the finances. It's about understanding the person behind that business, what their goals are, where their strengths are, and where can I as a banker help their goals and help their business succeed in the long run. Absolutely. If we had someone listening right now that's like, this is a guy that I need to get in contact with, like very important. How would they contact you? There's lots of different ways, but probably the easiest way would just be to stop by our uh, the location. I work at our downtown location here in York, the corner of 7th and Lincoln. And just stop in pretty much any time and uh, love to sit down and talk. Whether it's if you just have an idea about a business plan or you're trying to figure out what kind of tools are out there. You know, and sometimes the best advice is you start... Uh, is that the bank isn't even always the best partner initially mm -hmm. um, from a, a lending. There's other government programs or there's other resources out there for small businesses that can actually be a great resource early on. But having a banking relationship, regardless of what bank you're at, a community banking relationship is a very vital relationship to have because I think they provide great guidance and 
provide great advice and help. Um, so even if it's with just a checking account, get to know a loan officer, get to know somebody in your community that understands who you are, who your business is and what you're wanting to do with that business. Um, so they can just be that sounding board that, you know, one of their, your advisors, your key advisors for your business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you're very obviously passionate about what you do for your job, mm-hmm. but you also are involved, as we saw earlier, in a ton of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of explain some of the bigger <laughs> roles that you have right now? Yeah. Um, you know, one, one of the things I've always looked at as being a community banker, um, to be successful in that is also being part of the community. You know, this is a community I call home. It's what I want to see thrive. Mm-hmm. And so there's service has always been a big part of who I am, giving back and helping people. So early on, when I moved back to York, I got involved with Rotary. Um, It was something my dad was actually a Rotarian when I was a kid. He helped collect canned foods as part of the food drive. And to this day, I still remember walking with him as a kid to do that. And so when I moved back to York, I was invited by another Rotarian, uh, Dr. Callahan, to come and visit the York Rotary Club. At the time, uh, my dad was... uh, no longer in Rotary uh, due to a job uh, move, but um, I was still fond of the club and went and it really was a quick fix or a quick fit to who I was as a person. Uh, it gave me that opportunity to start giving back. And after about, I think it was two or three years, they actually asked me to be president and get to really learn more the inside of what Rotary is about, not just as an organization within the York community, but also international and how it fits as an international organization. I got a chance to travel overseas to a couple of Rotary International organizations and really got to see the inside of what it means to be part of a large organization making a difference around the world. Mm-hmm. And so what we can do locally to help our community and partnering with Rotarians around the world to help make a better world. Um, so that now I'm also an assistant district governor for the Rotary District and have served in various roles throughout the district as well um, and really started to build a passion through that organization. I guess the other another one, I'm uh, on the Library Foundation Board, trying been working with that to help continue growing the library and expanding that and providing resources for our community through that organization. Um, and then the York County Community Coalition is another organization that I've been involved with for a number of years now that really is just focused on the York County community (laughs) and trying to just make sure, you know, all the needs that we can come up with are met in our community or in partnering uh, various groups that are already serving our community um, in various um, amount of ways to bridge those conversations and bring the resources together, um, bring the partners together to really help whether they're nonprofits, government entities, uh, for-profit businesses, whatever roles those really um, can do and bring those resources together to try to help York thrive. I guess there's yeah, probably there's others, so I'm sure, much. but so um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you touched on, well, more than just one thing, but yeah. Rotary for those listening that have never heard about it, what would mm-hmm. be your, you know, three-minute elevator pitch? Yeah, so Rotary, uh, as an international organization, it's their motto is service above self. So it's a group of people that are passionate about the community. Um, right now, we get together in York on Thursdays at noon at Chances Are. Anybody's welcome to come visit as a guest to see what it's about. But we typically have programs. Um 
we share a meal together. We network with others on what different what they're doing in their businesses, um, what's going on, and just really a good friendship have formed of Rotarians together. But then we also do various service projects in the community. We do fundraising events. Um, we're always open if new people join or people have ideas on ways to, if they want to create a new service project, we love to support them in those ways as well. Um, and then as an international organization, it's doing a lot of things from trying to, you know, to dig the wells in Africa, um, help with maternal health. It's helping with you know, some anti-human trafficking efforts around the world. There's a lot of disaster. Uh, polio eradication has been a big one that Rotary has taken up as a gauntlet to try to eradicate polio internationally. Mm-hmm. And that has, um, it's gotten pretty close. It's down to a few countries left, but people are still being affected to this day with polio. And I know, you know, that that has been a almost essentially eradicated in the U.S. for a, you know, a number of decades, but around the world, it's still affecting a lot of people. And it's a disease that we have a vaccine for that can eliminate it. So we're pretty mm-hmm. close. And that's, as an international organization, a big focus right now is trying to eliminate polio, too. Wow. Yeah. Big stuff. Yeah. Big, important stuff. Yeah. That's and amazing. A, a fun story, you know, whether you like the United Nations or not right now, I know that's a political, you know, ball that people uh, like or don't like. I learned that Rotary International was one of the founding members to help form a United Nations about mm-hmm. trying to create world peace. And they, to this day, they are the only service club that actually has a seat at the United Nations. So they um, were able to help. You know, you've got Rotarians all around the world, different countries working to better their communities, but also better, better our world. Um, there have been stories I've heard where Rotarians on two sides of conflicts have helped to stop a war um, and different things. So it's just really cool to see what mm-hmm. people with like minded goals can do to, to help our help our communities. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. That's neat. That's very neat. I don't know when you ever sleep. What <laughs> what drives this passion to be so involved, to be, I mean, involved mm-hmm. in things even outside of the York County area? Yeah. To me, it's I mean, it's just a matter of being able to give back, to help others. You know, if I've got the time and the ability, you know, I know I'm blessed to have been given a lot of opportunities in life. And if I can use those opportunities to help others, you know, I feel like it's something I can do. It's the least that I can do sometimes. You know, faith is a big part of who I am, uh, my faith with Christ. And so that's um, always driven me as well to to try to just help those around me in any way I can find. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now I have to ask the question that everyone is very <laughs> curious about. But what is it like being a member of the city council? You know, I've just gotten on there about a year ago. So I've been really learning the ropes. Um, I'm trying to um, document some of that journey on a blog through on my website um, for those that are interested and trying to kind of really demystify some of the process for those that may be interested in the future in running for office and serving. Um, There's a lot of training and stuff that's involved. There's uh, the League of Municipalities has done a great job of helping to educate people on here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. Um, We've got a great city administrator right now, Dr. Crawford, who has helped um, anytime I have questions, you know, what's the right way. Um, Other staff members have been great to reach out to for questions. And so that's really been a learning process this last year of what it's been like, what I can, can't do. You know, some of the things when you're not in an elected position, you think, oh, I can get in there and just 
do all this stuff mm-hmm. and you find out that there's reasons why you can't or here's the way to do some of those things and um, sometimes it takes longer than just a, um, a meeting or two to get mm-hmm. stuff done and so learning those ropes has been a, a fun process to go through you know I've worked on a lot of campaigns for others as well prior to uh, running my own campaign and so you know being on the outside, it is a different experience and actually being in an elected position. Um, and I think it, there's a lot of time involved, um, a lot of research. Uh, for, so a lot of our, whether it's city council, county commissioners, school board members, there's a lot of people out there that are really working to serve our community and put a lot of time in, often for very little things. And so I do appreciate mm-hmm. everybody that does that. Um, and anybody that runs, even just being willing to run for office um, and put your name out there, I think that's a very important thing that that people need to do. And I think anyone that does want to do that. And in, in that vein, anybody that's listening, that if you are ever interested in running for office, regardless of what office, I'm more than happy to sit down with people, educate them on what I've done. My experience is both good and bad. Um, if they just have questions on, you know, how do you file for office to run? When do you have to file with the accountability disclosure commissions? Um, those types of questions, I'd be more than happy to sit down and have a conversation, grab a cup of coffee and talk about that stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, we are all very, very grateful for all of our elected officials. We have some really great um, people supporting York, York County, um, Nebraska. I mean, all the way. Uh, there's some really amazing people out there that work really hard to make this a, a good place to live. Yeah, I will say, to touch on earlier when I mentioned I worked in the legislature, the story that I always go back to of why I got interested in politics and um, where it really hit home that the decisions people are making, especially in the state legislature, affect our daily lives was back in um, late, it was like 2008, 2009, I don't remember the exact year, but they were debating a bill about being able to double the, the fines when you were in a, a work zone. Historically, it always been double um, and they were debating whether to only have that go into place if workers are present. And, you know, it seemed like a minor thing. You heard them debate both on both sides. And then I was sitting up there uh, with the lieutenant governor and they were talking, you know, helping to control the mics and just kind of listening to the debate on both sides of it. And they ended up passing that. So it changed the law to only allow the fines being doubled if workers are present. And then I remember, you know, a few months later driving and starting to see those signs we see now in construction zones pop up and completely changed how it was. And I'm like, oh, these decisions, what they're doing in Lincoln affects our daily lives. And there was a visual example of how that affected us. And from that moment, it was kind of like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense how what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it it really can change what what we can and can't do. Um, And so from that experience, I've gotten involved both on that side through the you know Nebraska Bankers Association. I've gotten involved with banking related issues and things to try to help improve our uh, industry and, and in a number of other ways um, through that experience. My name is Don Freeman II. I'm president and CEO of Agri Products in York, Nebraska. We are a manufacturer of quality equipment, uh, grain handling, food storage, food service. And if you ever want to get a hold of us, you can get on our website or you can contact us at 402-362-5500. Thank you. So let's say someone doesn't necessarily want mm-hmm. to be an elected official, but they yeah. want to stay current and up to date on what's going on. How would you say yeah. they do so? 
Yeah, no, there, that's a great question. There's um, obviously not everybody is cut out to be an elected official. It takes you know there's a lot of time and a lot of energy to to do some of that. But I would say it's just as important, if not more important, to you just get to know your elected officials, build up personal relationships with them, reach out. Almost every single one is you know they're generally pretty open to talking and discussing things, uh, meeting them going to their fundraisers and if they have them those types of things are great ways to get to know them as well if you're in an industry that has associations getting involved you know a lot of them will have government relations committees um, learning about the issues going to those types just being informed in the industry wherever you work i think that's very important or if you have an issue that you are specific about that you are really passionate for or against or whatever get involved in those areas as well because all those things are what help build and make a better state, a better community, um, getting out there and getting involved um, and really being an educated uh, citizen in what's important to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's important to know who your elected officials yes. are. So yes. definitely do your research, know who yes. represents your area. I, I would add one caveat too, to be willing to have conversations with people, your community members, your neighbors, your friends, um, we've got a lot of things in this country that divide us, a lot of difference of opinions. I think it's very important to be able to have intellectual conversations with people that you might disagree with. Mm. You know, to sit down, have a cup of coffee with somebody that that you might have a difference of opinion and be intentional about it and say, you know, meet with somebody you might have a disagreements with, have a coffee and sit down and really get to know the person as an individual to build that rapport up because you never know, like you said, what those connections, what they might lead to in the future. You know, I've worked with various groups that do a lot of those, try to match, you know, red and blue people together, mm-hmm. so to speak, to really have conversations and bring the humanity back into who we are, um, bring back the fact we're all Nebraskans. We're all just people trying to do what's best for our families and ourselves and how we can start to bridge those conversations and bring civility back into it. it's an important uh, important thing to do yeah yeah absolutely so looking into the future what's next do you have anything kind of on the pipeline (laughs) uh i don't know i you know really wanted putting a lot of work into the city council trying to um do what i can to help improve the community through that project the bank has been i mean i'm not going anywhere not to my plans anyways Mm -hmm. um i enjoy my career my company you know, we've got four kids that's keeping us pretty busy. So we get involved in school. Our oldest is in first grade right now. So, you know, I, I don't really have any official future plans. You know, I just kind of whatever God has in store for me in the future, whatever opportunities come up, you know, working on trying to address childcare issues, housing issues, mm-hmm. um, all these different projects in our community and different combinations of resources to try to bring those partnerships together. So um, maybe more project specific focuses right now than certain positions or anything like that yeah absolutely and i mean let's talk about some of the projects that are underway or mm-hmm. you know have been done whatever <laughs> um i know you were pretty heavily involved in the walkability studies what yeah. did that lead to yeah so um early on i was actually sitting before i was on the council this was a few years ago i would go to some of the council meetings and I remember the Four Corners Health Department was there presenting on a grant to talk about what walkability looked like, um, how as a community 
you know, that could be a goal of trying to improve walkability around the city of York. And I've always been a big passionate biker and avid person to be out. And, you know, as I have seven kids, I, you know, I try to bike around with them in a trailer and with their bikes and things like that. And so that's always been a passion of mine is try to improve our access um, to safe, uh, safe pedestrian infrastructure. And growing up here, even just the fact that, like, you couldn't get out to Walmart, you couldn't get out to Starbucks, the interstate when you're in the city proper, um, there wasn't a connecting corridor for that. And the fact that people work out there and they walk along the highway. Mm -hmm. So for long this time, that was a trying to figure out how do I bring partners together to create some kind of vision of getting some some people safely out there. And then like when I worked at Starbucks, I remember watching, you know, buses would stop at McDonald's and kids would run across mm -hmm. the street to Starbucks or vice versa and run across the highway and there was no safe way to cross. And so I've just always been trying to figure out how do we do that, I guess. How do we create that safety? Um, and so when that walkability started coming up and we started doing these walking uh, studies around the community of looking at things from a different perspective, what can we do to fix it, um, ultimately led to that. And then Dr. Crawford came across that grant to be able to mm -hmm. provide a $15 million, $15.5 million grant to create a bridge across the highway and improve our access, including a sidewalk that can go clear out to the interstate businesses. And then we're working now from that is starting to expand other opportunities out there to look at the intersections and the road network out at there as businesses are looking to continue to grow and add more. So there's a lot of opportunities growing. We were thinking long-term of what this community could look like. What can we do to better that in the long run? Absolutely. And that is a grant that we were awarded mm -hmm. and it's going to be a while before we see anything, but movement is happening. Yeah. It's going. That, that is the one downside I've started to find with, with government is it doesn't move quite as fast as I would <laughs> like sometimes. Yeah. Well, when but, there's, when there's money involved, it seems yeah. to always be a little bit slow, but that's okay. It's still happening and that's yeah. all that matters. Right. Right. So on top of all of this, you also have a business to run with your wife. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What is it? Yeah. So, um, been almost 10 years ago now, uh, my wife and I were approached with uh, an opportunity to purchase um, the dog kennel here in York. Uh, it was Canine Coach Learning Center at the time. We Now it's Canine Kennels is what we go by on the business. Came with a house that was attached and it was one of those things. My wife actually went to school to be a zookeeper and there's not a lot of zoos in York that, <laughs> that need zookeepers anyway. So, but she had worked in like a lot of the high-end dog kennels in Lincoln uh, in, during college and really has a passion for dogs and the previous owners knew that about her um, and so they when they looked at selling they approached us um, again small town connections my mm -hmm. truck was getting repaired by her husband of the owner he was the mechanic and so he approached mm -hmm. me and kind of in less than 30 days we formed a business decided wow. to buy a business figured out financing and it was kind of a whirlwind of an experience but wow. um, yeah over the last 10 years we've gone through a lot of ups and downs um, continuing whether is you know the pandemic um, we had a big fire that burned it down so there's a lot of up, a lot of other things that have been kind of crazy over the last uh, 10 years but we've always worked to provide good quality dog care um, dog kennels and and provide a good place for our employees to work so yeah absolutely yeah. and I know a lot of people enjoy that 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 is uh, available yeah. you know in the in the town so Thank you. Thank you to you and Monica. So now we're going to move into some hot potato questions. <laughs> Super hard. You're right. I know, no, just kidding. They're very easy. But um, are you more of a winter or summer person? I used to be more winter, but I've become more summer now with my kids. Ah, uh, yep, yeah. Yep. 
I get it. TV or books? Probably books. Okay. Do you have a favorite genre? Is that the right word? Yeah. I, I don't know. Genre. I read a lot of just kind of various things. John Grisham's always been a favorite author. You know, pretty much anything like that. Kind of that mystery mind kind of books. Absolutely. Yes. Fruit or vegetables? Probably vegetables. Okay. Okay. Um, travel or stay home? Travel. That was Easily. a quick answer. <laughs> Easily. I love to get out and go into the mountains, go on trips, travel okay. as much as I can to take out and just get out in nature. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite location? Colorado's an easy one. I have a brother that lives out there. I like to get out and do whitewater rafting and hiking and some of that stuff. And it's really close destination. So it's a fun yeah. to get out that way. Absolutely. Back to TV, but movies or TV? It's hard to say TV now that everything's streaming. Yeah, so it's, it's a, true. Um, it's hard to delineate between those, but I'd say probably TV between those two. Okay. Music or live performance? So like a mm -hmm. play. Yeah, probably live performance. Okay. We go to a lot of, try to go to the plays, support the Yorkshire Playhouse here and try to get into the lead and orphan when we can to see some live theater. Absolutely. Board games or card games? Board games right now. I think my kids are really getting into board games. So. Yeah, perfect age for yeah. them. Yes. Awesome. Well, just to wrap up, do you have any parting words of wisdom for any of our listeners? Just be willing to, I guess, reach out, ask questions, um, whether it's career related, about the community, you know, whether it's reaching out to me or people in the industry that you're interested in. Um, just be willing to talk to people and be willing to be the one to take that first step. We have a lot of friendly people here in Nebraska that are willing to talk. Um, but sometimes it takes being that person to, to reach out their hand first and say hi. Um, I'd say that's that's a really good way to reach out and try to grow your network, grow your friendships. Well, Thanks. thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think that I can speak for everyone when we say we learned a lot about banking and government positions and everything in between. Um, so thank you so much and we will catch you next time. Yeah, thank you for the invite. In closing, we would like to once again take the time to thank our members, the people that help us drive change. We would like to thank York State Bank, Henderson State Bank, York General, Mead Lumber Company Incorporated, and York News Times. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Catch you next time.